Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, episode 248. Charlotte, I serve as your humble and also gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and I thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you could be so kind to ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, we are available on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever there is podcasts, you can find the Purple Pants Podcast. Just subscribe, write a review, and give your baby boy some five stars. What is going on, Purple Pants Posse? I hope that everyone has had an amazing weekend. The weather has surely broke over here in Philadelphia. We had 80 degrees. It was Mrs. Bob's birthday on Saturday, and Mother's Day was on Sunday. So I hope everyone was able to spend time with their family and celebrate their mom. Um, I always like to recognize that holidays like Mother's Days can be sensitive for some people. Some people have lost their mother. And so I just always just want to just send my love and to know that it can be difficult. But I think that it's important for these type of holidays that you remember the time that you had with your loved ones. I think that they will want you to celebrate their life. And I know it can be difficult, easier said than done, but it is important to cherish the times that you have with your loved ones and to remember the good times and remember all of the amazing time that you have spent. And just, although they might not be here in the physical form, believe that they are for sure with you in spirit and all around you, even in ways that you may not no. And so I just want to just send my love to anyone that has lost a parent and that this holiday might have been a little difficult. I'm just sending you some love. Uh, I hope that you were able to spend time with your family and you have a good weekend. Me, myself, I was able to spend some time with Barb. We did Bryce and Win present last Wednesday and was so crazy because my mom came to Philly. We got to shower her with some love. And then my mom got to meet Sari. So it was like so weird. My mom meeting Sari, you know, because Sari is like the mother of a survivor. The reason why I applied for Survivor, then having my mom and Sari meet. Uh, so it was just such an amazing time. Philly show out for Bryce and Wynn. Okay, we had just really an amazing time. And so you know me, uh, your baby boy was in the bed when I wasn't with Miss Barb. I was chilling. Okay, I'm trying to just take the time for myself. But the weather has sprung and so I did some planting in the house fingers crossed no gnats but you know the soil that they be selling us nowadays all it does is have the gnats in it um so I spent some time in my garden creating my outdoor oasis bringing some of my indoor plants outside and you know just having a good time by myself just really just enjoying my company so I had an amazing weekend I was on the TikToks and 
I came across this gnat TikTok and they were like, do you know, sometimes you see a lot of gnats by your sink. That's because they lay the eggs in your pipes and that's where they come from at times. I'm like, now, wait a minute, the pipes, the gnats in my pipes. Child, the mams got me buying the bits and the rocks, putting it in my soil. And now they talk about it's in the pipes. But I did watch this TikTok and they said, boil some water. Pour bleach, like a half a cup of bleach, pour half of that down, then hot water, then half cup of that down, hot water down my sink. So, child, I did that in all my sinks in my house. Just, you know, whatever I could do to try to beat the gnats. But I already know that they probably are going to come back because I bought the little sticky tapes that look like flowers and you put in the soil and they kind of get attracted to that. So maybe like two weeks ago in preparation for gnat war season three because it's the third year i'm about to be dealing with them um i put sticky tape in there um and for the first couple of weeks there was nothing but as i've been going around my home checking i've been seeing little gnats here or there but child listen y'all know me i don't play so if y'all have any remedies let the baby boy know because I am open and ready. I got my apple cider vinegar. I got a little peroxide and some water in a spray bottle. So when I see them, I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready for battle. The gnats are not going to get me. Uh, but that's what I really did this week. And I just had a real chill time, spent some time with my mom and, you know, laid up in my bed and I was watching Charlotte, Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. And so... Let me give you the tea on what's up with this week's episode. We got the church announcements. After the church announcements, I am giving you thoughts on the Netflix series, Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story, giving you my take, some of the things that I, what I thought about it. So you definitely want to get into that. And then we have a play-by-play, a short one this week, Joey Hatch. When we were driving to Boston for Bryce and Wynn, present Boston 1244, there had some sports news that came out about uh, Dylan Brooks. And so Wendell, Joey, and I got into a really heated argument about it. And then listen, everything that's happening with Ja Warren over there on the Grizzlies, Joey and I kind of talk about what is going on with Dylan Brooks and my thoughts on it. And of course, we got the freak of the week. So listen, let's get into these church announcements. On this week's church announcements, you know, Bryce and Wynn on the tour 44, it is coming to a close. We've got one last show left and it is going to be in Brooklyn, May 24th. So you don't want to miss it. All roads lead to Brooklyn. We have had an amazing tour so far and we are ending with a bang. OK, we got so many surprises. If you have not seen the guest list yet, big bang, it has practically doubled in size and because it's such a big event we are giving you a two-day event we are doing a welcome party on the 23rd the main event on the 24th and also we are adding our real talk series we are doing something on the 23rd it's called real talk mental health and reality tv we've got some amazing people from survivor the bachelor amazing race myself and wendell will be having a panel discussion it will be moderated and talking about our experience with mental health 
and reality TV. It's definitely something you do not want to miss. If you were in Toronto, we did one with diversity. And so this one will be amazing. It is limited seating and the event is free. So if you are going to be in the New York area and this is something that, you know, you want to be a part of to listen to the discussion, click the link in the Bryce and Win Instagram bio and you can register there. It's a free event. So listen, we the baby boys got it all for you. We are going to end this tour with a bang. So make sure you get your tickets and I will see you in Brooklyn. It's a man who, it's a man you, being potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who, it's a man you, being potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. Hello and welcome to this week's Bryce's Corner. Ooh, I like the name of that. Um, I am back giving you my takes, my review on another series. This one is Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. It is a spinoff of Bridgerton. Essentially, they've given us six episodes to hold us over until when Bridgerton season three comes back in which they are projecting that it comes back in the holiday season around December. Now, I've heard a lot of good things about Queen Charlotte. My friend Chelsea and my mom are like, oh, my God, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. But, you know, your baby boy been busy. Bryson went on a tour of 44. So I was just somewhat hesitant to watch it because I wasn't sure whether or not it was going to pull me in. And when I'm watching the previews, you know, when you're on Netflix and you scroll up and it shows you a little bit of it. I just my honest thoughts were like, oh, do I feel like getting into this? Like, you know, you got to be in the mood for certain things. And if you're not in the mood for it, you're not going to enjoy it. However, on Friday, I had to run to Brooklyn real quick with Wendeezy. And I had maybe like two hours before I had to get ready. So I was like, let me just put on an episode and see what it does. I put on the first episode and Bay Bay. By the end of it, I was ready to text Wendeezy and say, uh, can we reschedule? So I really, 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 really enjoyed Queen Charlotte. Um, There are a lot of takeaways that I want to talk about. You know, I'm not going to tell you everything because if you haven't watched it, I definitely. think it is something that you should watch, especially if you like Bridgerton. Me, I love period pieces. I love something that can take me away to a time, a place, whether it's real, whether it's fake. If it can just make me feel like I'm there, make me feel emotions, I definitely am all in. You know, I love Vikings. So this is definitely up my alley. Um, What I will say now, you know, I'll give you my thoughts, my little breakdown. I won't tell you everything because I Definitely think it's something that you should watch. One of the things that drew me in the most about Queen Charlotte was the talk of race, right? In Bridgerton, we know it is so diverse. There are black, white, Asian, Latino, and I enjoyed it. I liked the fact that in Bridgerton, the series itself, you you know, it's just normal. It's not talked about. You know, there are classes, you know, they're the wealthy and the poor, but it's not like, oh, one particular race is wealthy, one particular, you know, it's so diverse. And so I love that about Bridgerton. The thing that always kind of sort of caught my eye or I wondered was that they don't talk about it much. And what I love about 
Queen Charlotte is that they address it. They talk about it. And you know me, I'm always one to people shy away from conversations of race. And I feel like it's really important to have those conversations because how can you grow? How can you learn from anything? And so what I loved about this was that we learned that Queen Charlotte, okay, her brother, they, I believe they're from Germany. Um, Essentially, it was an arranged marriage. Okay. And this is no, this is not Indian matchmaker or Jewish matchmaker. Okay. This was the Bridgerton matchmaker. So her brother essentially signed the documents for her to be married, their providence over there in Germany uh, would be, you know, with England and they would have their protection. So essentially it was an arranged marriage for Charlotte. Um, And it is very evident that King George's mother, the princess, uh, they weren't thrilled about Charlotte being a woman of color. And in effect, a huge part of the story is that, you know, she is going to be a black queen and we love it and it's the first that they have ever really seen and we see um through king george's mom she has to talk with parliament and they are calling this the experiment and when they see that charlotte is black they are like we need to have more people of color in the court they don't want it to be that she's the only black person and at this wedding They just don't want her to be the only black person. And so they invite a lot of the other people of color in town to be a part of Queen Charlotte's court. What is interesting about it is, you know, it's society and it's class. What I love is that the other black people that are there, they have the money. They just don't have essentially like the status in society. And it's very notable that Lady uh, Agatha, who is Downberry, uh, she essentially when they get to the wedding, the princess King George's mother literally titles them Lady Danbury. And it's the the the, I keep I want to call her the queen, but she really the princess because it's the king's mother. She essentially says, like, you can't be at court and you can't be not a lady. And so uh, Lady Agatha and her husband. Now, that's a whole nother story of another story. Uh, lady Danbury's husband, because he's an older man, older, older, older. And Lady Agatha in this period of time is very young and essentially she is with him and it's not the best relationship, but it is an interesting one. Uh, But so I say all that to say that because the queen is a queen of color, they make it so that there are other people of color and so that she's not the only one. Now, this is the experiment that they are calling it because George needs a wife and George has a lot going on with him. And if you have watched Bridgerton, we never really see the king, right? He's not dead. And I believe in season two at one of the parties at the palace is what I will call it. We get to meet King George in Bridgerton season two, and he's very disorganized. And I really felt like he had dementia or Alzheimer's. Uh, However, we learn throughout the series that it's not either of that. And we can kind of sort of get to that because, you know, in my my opinion, I feel like um, I would maybe diagnose him with like schizophrenia or something where he like disassociates from the current time and is kind of in his own realm. So bottom line is King George needs to marry. You can't be a king without a queen. And, you know, they're really big on having 
a line of succession, an heir to the throne. So he needs to marry. He needs to have a child. And so clearly he's not doing it on his own. And so they arranged this marriage. Another thing that I really love about this series, Queen Charlotte, is that we get to see young Queen Charlotte, older Queen Charlotte. We get to see young Agatha. We get to see older Agatha. We get to see, there are a lot of other people. We get to see the Bridgerton mom. We get to see her when she is, uh, I, I believe she's Lady Violet, when she's younger. And we're going to have to get to her daddy because, you know, her daddy got embroiled in a little thing. Another person that stole my heart was uh Brimsley. He is essentially Queen Charlotte's like right-hand man. He is given his life to service of the king by way of being, I don't know what you would call it, but like he is just literally the right hand to the queen. He can't go five steps. He has to be within five steps of the queen. And so we see in Bridgerton, we always meet the young Brimsley, uh, but we get to meet or in Bridgerton, we get to always see the older Brims, uh, Brimsley, but we get to meet the younger Brimsley. And whew, that's another story because listen, whew, listen, 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 listen. That's another story and another story. And we're going to get to him as well, because, again, what I love about Queen Charlotte is there's representation. Not only are we talking people of color, we also get to see uh, an LGBTQ plus love story, which kind of sort of makes me sad a little bit. And another reason why I was a little hesitant into getting into Queen Charlotte is I am the type of person when I watch something, I invest my emotions, my time, and it has to make me feel something. And so Bridgerton sometimes makes me a little sad because it's like, where, where, when I'm going to get married, when I'm going to find a man in my life. And child Queen Charlotte was the exact same. My emotions were so pulled and wrapped into this. And so when you watch Bridgerton, you see Queen Charlotte and her quirky kind of like crazy ways. However, what I love about watching the evolution of her, we see that Queen Charlotte she got there 17 years old. She's marrying George, who she knows nothing about. She's living her own little life, chilling. And so she instantly overnight becomes the queen. And she is a virgin. She doesn't know much about anything. However, we see Lady Agatha, right? We see Lady Agatha's husband, uh, Sir Downbury. Uh, he older man. And so sometimes when you get into these arranged marriages, you don't always like the person that you were with. However, it is very clear from the first moment that Charlotte meets George that there is a connection. Child Charlotte is over it. She's trying to leave. She's trying to climb the, the walls. And King George finds her and he's like, is there something I can help you with? And so there is this instant attraction, right? And so on paper, he's perfect. And so she instantly was trying to run from the wedding and now she's trying to run into the wedding dress to have the wedding. And the first night after the wedding, you know, King George is like, I got a surprise for you. So Charlotte's like, oh, ooh, what's the surprise going to be? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And essentially, George is like, I had this home, not built, but this castle for you. I had all your stuff brought over during the ceremony. This is where you're going to live. And so Charlotte, like, well, I don't really know much about much. I'm only 17 years old, but I do know that we supposed to uh have a night. OK. And, you know. Charlotte is open and ready. However, King George is like, I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to stay in my estate. And so Charlotte's like, is that 
really what it's supposed to be. And one of the things that made Charlotte really like George is when she met him, you know, was always like, your majesty, like very formal. And George was like, just call me George. I'm George to you. I'm forever George to you. So after the wedding, you know, Charlotte trying, you know, get a little freaky. Uh, George ain't with it. He ain't with it at all. And she kind of sort of gets confused and is like, is this supposed to be the life that I'm supposed to be living? Like, what's going on? Um, and kind of George really puts his foot down and is like, it's because I said so. And she said, oh, I am so sorry. I thought you were George. My apologies, your highness. And she goes on to her honeymoon and her honeymoon is, you know, she got to stay in the house and really do nothing. Normally, with your honeymoon, you would be with your partner, but George is away at his estate. She's at her estate and really not happy. Now, George's mom, the princess, is really facing a lot of like pressure from parliament because they want to know that the wedding has gone well and they want to know that George and Charlotte have consummated the, the marriage because at that time, if you don't consummate the marriage... The marriage ain't really the marriage, okay? And child, listen, I might not be married, but you know, your baby boy might have consummated a couple of marriages before anyway. Um, And so it is really important during the wedding, Charlotte meets Agatha. Agatha is like leaving the home and she's like to Charlotte, hey, like I'm going to be in your court. I would love to see you, uh, talk to you, you know, Kiki, we we sisters, okay, we, we we look alike. We need to stay in contact. So this whole period of her honeymoon where Charlotte is just really in the house by herself, bored, nothing to do, eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They dress her up for breakfast, for lunch. She changes. She's like a doll. And she's just doing it all by herself. And she really wants to see George. So she asks Broomsley uh, if she could meet with maybe somebody from court. And Broomsley is like, you can't because you are currently on your honeymoon state and if you were to hold court or to have people from your court come then it will look really kind of suspicious and there's already pressure from parliament and everyone wondering if they have consummated the marriage however uh broomsley is like well maybe if you had one person from court come it wouldn't be so suspicious so it ends up being agatha and agatha becomes a really uh a good good girlfriend of her and so they sipping a tea and Agatha is like well did y'all do the do did you how was your wedding night uh and Agatha's like well listen my wedding night wasn't the greatest I'm with this old old man so it's not what you dreamed of and Charlotte is like mommy which what you talking about like you don't know I was here by herself and then Agatha really kind of puts things into perspective for Charlotte in the sense of like they're calling the the experiment but essentially what Agatha is saying to Charlotte is like if you didn't consummate the marriage, you're not really married. And that puts all of the people of color that have now been, you know, Agatha is now Lady Downberry and she's a lady now. Before she wasn't a lady, she had the money. And there are a lot of other people of color. Uh, they're Asian people, uh, they're Latino people that have now have these titles. But if Charlotte does not consummate the marriage, then it puts everything in jeopardy. So she kind of gives that realistic a state to Charlotte and Charlotte at that point realizes like, wow, like, although I'm not really trying to be here, it is so much more to me being queen and me being a black queen than I realize. there's a lot more on my back. And that is really what I appreciate about 
Queen Charlotte is that it puts a lot into perspective. When we watch Bridgerton, we don't know all of these nuances. We just think it's like a utopia of just diversity. People got money, like, you know. And so we really learned that a lot of it has been because of Queen Charlotte. She has put a lot of these things on her back. And so now it's this pressure of, okay, now Charlotte is like, one, I want to be married. Two, I meet you. You seem so nice. Now it's like I want to build a life with you. And but now you MIA, King George. And now Agatha is telling me all this other stuff. And now it's like I really need to figure stuff out. So Charlotte, like I had enough. Charlotte is like, Brimsley, get the uh the chariot ready. I need to go see my husband. We going over there to his estate. Now, just like Queen Charlotte has Brimsley. George, King George, has Reynolds, okay? You know, his right-hand man. And we learn that there is this love story between Brimsley and Reynolds. And just how Brimsley is loyal to Charlotte, Reynolds is as protective and as loyal to King Charles is as well. And so there is this Big question as to why the king is being so evasive. So Charlotte gets over there. Reynolds is like, oh, what are y'all doing here? Charlotte like, I demand to see my husband. He in the observatory. Uh, Charles is really obsessed with the universe, the stars. You know, Bridgerton takes place, you know, in the 1800s. And so he's got a telescope. He's got, you know, high tech stuff for that time. And Charlotte goes into the observatory and it's like, you've been eating, you've been living here. Like, what's going on? And Charles is like, what are you doing here? Like, you're not supposed to be here. Like, what's up? And Charles isn't really receptive uh, to Charlotte pulling up on him. And Charlotte is like, listen, I am in a strange country with strange languages, with strange people, with strange customs. You are the only person that I am here with. And you don't want to be with me. Like, what is the tea? What's going on? And we don't really, we don't get it. And so Charlotte is over. Charlotte goes back to the house because Charles didn't push the out. But we soon learn that, and I'm, you know, fast forward, a lot of little other stuff that happens in between, but, you know, just giving you the over gist is we learned that King Charles has a disorder. You know, he is perfect on paper. He has been bred to be this king. He is perfect. Uh, but since he has been a child, he goes into these episodes where he disassociates. And again, for me, it's like very like schizophrenic um, where or multiple personalities. But it's a little more serious than multiple personalities because it's like he kind of resorts into this stage where he becomes very obsessive over the stars the universe he thinks the universe is trying to talk to him clearly he's like talking his head which is why i say schizophrenia and so this is something that we learned he's been dealing with all of his life um and reynolds knows it and the princess his mother knows it and again this is during the 18 period times and so child they have been working with doctors to try to drain his blood try to put him upside down shake him on his head try to figure it out and there is one doctor at one one point in time that's like uh 
Clearly, he's a mental health doctor, but is he really? Because, child, he looked like he'd do the torture. Everyone is thinking it's a physical problem. And this one doctor essentially says, you guys all think it's physical. I think it's mental. And he's like, y'all draining his blood and all of this. How about if you just talk to him? So at one point in time, when Charles is having one of his episodes, the doctor comes over to him and is like, essentially like, says, Charles, listen to me. Like, you are the king. You are powerful. You can pull yourself out of this like episode that you're having and so essentially it works for a period of time and so Charles begins his mental health treatment with this doctor however they're keeping it on a low low the secret secret um and Brimsley gets a glimpse that he is seeing a doctor and you know Brimsley runs and tells Charlotte so during one of their fights Charlotte asks him are you well and Charles is like yeah I'm well like and she like well why you see a doctor um and he's like oh you know this is for the coronation they gotta check me out and Charlotte is like, well, why are you seeing a doctor for the coronation if, you know, my sole purpose here is to give you an heir? Don't you think they should be checking me out? And so, again, there is this Charles is scared to tell Charlotte this because he feels like if Charlotte knows the real him. And again, this is why I love Queen Charlotte. You could t- take this on a different level. When people are in relationships, when people get to know each other, like sometimes we're scared to reveal our true selves to people because we're like, if we show people who we really are, our goods, our bads, like they won't want us. But in reality, we, if you just be yourself, people will love you with your goods and your bads. And so that's what Charlotte is trying to like convey to Charles is like, no matter who you are, like, you know, I love you. Now, between this, um, Charlotte and Charles consummate the marriage. Charles moves in to where Charlotte is living, and baby, they consummate. Okay, they consummate in morning, noon, and night. They consummating in the breakfast area. They consummating all over the place. Like you know, so like you know, there is. It's interesting in the beginning when Charlotte first meets Charles, and he's like, "Just call me Charles. I'm just Charles." Um, it's almost like that. There's King Charles, there's Charles, and then there is this other Charles. And so it is interesting that he would even say that to her because it kind of sort of comes back in the end about like Charles. But essentially his spells continue to happen. However, in my opinion, you know, because I'm a mental health professional, it seems like his spells are brought on from the pressure that his mother is putting on him but I mean rightfully so because essentially his mom has been running the country although Charles is the king she can kind of sort of been acting in his place and as you see in Bridgerton Charles is still the king but Queen Charlotte is acting in place and so that's what his mom has been doing this whole time and so it's like she does put pressure on him but only it's because he's the king and so she has been acting in place and so Parliament is like, we done with you. We need a king. If if he can't be the king, then we're going to have to figure something else out. But it definitely seems that a lot of his episodes come from the pressure of him having to meet with Parliament, him having to do his duties. It just kind of, in my opinion, it's almost like an anxiety attack. Well, all Charles really want to do is look at the stars and he want to be a farmer. OK, that's farmer Charles as well, because child, he be out in the farmer field doing all that stuff. So anyway, uh, Reynolds is 
Charles's right-hand man. Brimsley is Charlotte's right-hand man. They have a love affair. Um, they've got a secret love affair. They're always sneaking off, being with each other. But there is a constant feud because Reynolds is so loyal to Charles. He don't really want anyone to know what is going on with Charles. But Brimsley is like, we can work together. We can be a partnership. We can figure this out. We can, like, you know, let me know. Like, let me in. Again, they go back and forth in Queen Charlotte between young Charlotte and old Charlotte. So we kind of sort of get the past and then we get kind of sort of the present in Bridgerton of like kind of sort of where we left off. And there's Lady um, Lady Whistledown is still writing. And there is a crisis in the new Bridgerton, not the new Bridgerton, but the present tense is that child. uh the king might have these episodes and the episodes might last more than he is the king. But one thing's for certain, two things for sure. When he is the regular king, him and Charlotte is doing a nasty because they got about 17 kids. And now the issue in the current time is that they don't have an heir. They've got 17 kids. They've got illegitimate heirs because their sons is doing off, you know, doing what they do in the brothels and stuff and having children, but no clear line of succession. So that is definitely a current thing in what they are dealing with. Another interesting thread of topic is that we see with like uh, Lady Agatha is that her husband dies. The old man dies. And Agatha is so happy, like, yes, finally, I don't got to sleep with this old man no more. I got to get the money and the title. However, because it is an experiment, the issue now is they only gave the titles to the men. And being as though this is an experiment, these were the only people of color to ever get titles. They don't know if the titles get passed down through the generation. Lady Agatha has a son, but she don't know if it can get passed down uh, to her son. Because again, this is an experiment. This is the first ever that they're having people of color. Now, Lady Agatha, being as though she is friends with Queen Charlotte, she kind of sort of broaches a deal with the princess, King George's mother. Now, King George's mother wants to know what's going on inside of the palace walls because she needs to report to Parliament. And Parliament keeps asking them, like, what's going on? What's the tea? What's happening? What's going on? And she's kind of just giving them very generic information and they're like that's not enough and so she kind of broaches a deal with Agatha like listen you get me the tea on what's going on inside and I can help you become a lady I can help you get into a home I can help you after the husband dies I can help you become keeping your name now this comes at a price because Lady Agatha and Charlotte they're girlfriends, right? And so Charlotte really is just a young girl and Agatha is kind of sort of like her big sister, but they form a friendship and Charlotte doesn't have anyone and Agatha sees that and Agatha really is kind of being a really good sister and friend to her. However, she is reporting back to the queen and that kind of is like a little shady-esque because it's like, girl, is you really my friendship or are you just leveraging my friendship to get what you want from the queen? Because you know, but Charlotte doesn't even know this. And we don't even kind of that doesn't necessarily come up in this series. But as a viewer, that is something that we notice and curious to know how it kind of sees itself out to the end. Also, little sidebar, side bolt of the side bolt. 
Lady Agatha and Lady Bridgerton. When Lady Bridgerton was a young girl, she had a dad and a mom. Her mom was not here for the black people uh, being of high society, but her dad was cool and fun. And her dad, let's just say he likes Lady Agatha and they have a bit of a love affair. And it is interesting how uh, Lady Bridgerton figures out that her dad and Lady Agatha back in the day had a love affair. But Watch and see, because, you know, it's interesting. But listen, we love uh, Lady Bridgerton's husband. So essentially, Charlotte discovers what's going on with Charles. And it's a bit of a back and forth because she doesn't really know what to make of it. However, that's her man and she going to ride for him. And I think that the exterior of Queen Charlotte that we see in Bridgerton, how sometimes she can be mean and sometimes like... We see how she got to that point, but we see how and why she is the way that she is because ultimately she loved her man Charles and she going to ride out for him. And there comes a point in time where the mom gets a little mad at Charlotte because Charlotte becomes protective over Charles. And it's like, that's my man. I'm a ride for him. And the princess, Charles' mom is like, you know what? He's your problem now. And so there is a point in time where Charles is supposed to address Parliament, but he kind of sort of can't. And then Queen Charlotte is like, well, listen, if you don't can't go to Parliament, we'll bring Parliament to you. They host a ball and Charles is kind of a little freaking out. But this is where, you know, the love story comes in. Is that like Charlotte ride for her man? She's like, look at me. It's just us. It's just us. We going to ride out. And so, again, throughout this whole series, we're going back and forth between Back in the day, a young Charlotte and then current Queen Charlotte. And the whole issue is, is the succession, right? Is that like, you know, Charlotte had to secure the line because now her whole thing with Charles was like, it's not me. It's not you. It's us. And I got you. You got me. And so the 17 kids that they have, they're not able to produce an heir because they out doing their own thing. This is what I was getting to. Um. And we see this with Lady Agatha. When Lady Agatha, this is what I was getting to before. Follow me. Follow me. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You know how it go. Lady Agatha, when her husband died and she has a son and she kind of sort of presents her son to the queen. Um, she has to take her son to the queen because she wants to introduce her son to the queen. And hopefully the queen will say like, this is. They'll pass the title down to him. Very clear that the maids are raising the children. Like Lady Agatha does not really have a relationship with her son. And when they like are on this carriage going to the castle, the son don't really want to go where he, he like, we're nanny at, we're the nanny at. And so that is interesting that we see that with Lady Agatha. And we can, you know, Lady Agatha is a lady of high society. So it's like they have things to do that, you know, child, they got to get dressed up to go to breakfast. And so who raising the kids but the nannies? And so we see that. And we also see we don't really get to see as much time with Queen Charlotte and her 17 kids. But we can only imagine that if it's 17 of them, I doubt that Queen Charlotte is raising them how we would be raising children today because you are the queen. You got a whole staff just to get you up and get dressed. And so there is this lack of emotion with Charlotte and her children. And so even the children address it to her at one point in time, like you are an excellent queen, but you're not an excellent mother. And at first I would be like, they right. However, when we see the lifestyle in which that Charlotte 
is thrust into and has to live. You kind of understand it. Like, how could she raise the children? Like, she can't even pick an orange off of a tree. And so, just an interesting point that I like kind of sort of picked out, but they don't necessarily show it with Charlotte and her kids, but we get to see it with Lady Agatha. And Lady Agatha is a lady of high society. And if she could barely raise her kids, what makes you think the queen? And what is another great point is that um, I, at one point in time, Brimsley, Charlotte asked Brimsley, was I a good mother? And Brimsley doesn't answer. And she was like, your silence speaks a lot. But Brimsley essentially explains to her that we're all here for one job and the one job is to serve the king and so like essentially you are doing a great job at serving the king you've done what you had to do unfortunately the kids kind of sort of came secondary um so the king continues to have his episodes and charlotte got his back and so charlotte is really running things and that's kind of sort of where queen charlotte leaves off two notable points uh that I want to touch on is the love story between Brimsley and Reynolds. And so they've got a love hate relationship, but you know, when the King and queen are good, they're good. And they kind of sort of come to this common ground. And there is just one scene. Oh, when I tell y'all I was crying. Right. So like I said, it teeters between the past where we get a young Brimsley and we get an older Brimsley where when the king could not go to parliament and so the queen decided to have a ball where he could address parliament at the ball, um, you know, they're all dancing this lovey-lovey and essentially the queen is like, listen, I got you, babe. You got me, babe. And off in the distance, there is Brimsley and Reynolds dancing. Clearly, I'm assuming that being gay at this time was not accepted, especially in people in their high positions. And also their job is to serve the king and the queen so they don't really have much time for their personal time but they sneak off and make time for themselves and so they are doing like the dance that everyone is doing and then uh we see brimsley dancing and then it kind of like flashes forward to brimsley outside of like the, the palace right now and he's dancing by himself and so it is led for us to believe that obviously Reynolds has died or something has happened, but it's just so sad. And oh my God. 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 When I tell y'all, like, I'm just laying in my bed and I'm crying. I'm like, oh my God, child, I'm Reynolds. I ain't never quite no man. If I get a man, then all of a sudden I'm be dancing by myself. So the love story between Reynolds and Brimsley is amazing. Um, and the story ends off with one of Charlotte's kids coming to the castle late at night. This is current time and essentially telling Charlotte that his wife is pregnant. They waited a while to tell her. Uh, so they're pregnant. And so, yes, they're going to have an heir to the throne. The king's legacy will live on. So Charlotte goes over to where the king lives because they still live separately and she goes into the king's room and the king is in one of his episodes. He's writing on the wall. And during one of the times early on uh, when the king was having an episode, Charlotte went in to look for him. She couldn't find him. He was under the bed. When he was under the bed, he told her that the universe can't find him when he's under the bed. So Charles is having an episode and Charlotte really wants to go over and tell him like, listen, baby, we're good. Like you can rest easy. Like your legacy will continue, but she can't seem to get him to snap out of the episode. So Queen Charlotte goes under the bed and George then comes under the bed and they have this like such endearing moment of 
like they snap back into themselves and you know she's just saying like I secured it for you like you're good no worries and Charles looks at her and says like our legacy and then it's just I mean I wasn't expecting to like it I'm be honest I just you know I wasn't expecting to like it but baby when I tell y'all I was glued to these six episodes I could not I was like, oh, my God, I got to see what happens. I got to see what happens. Um, so if you have not checked out Queen Charlotte's A Bridgerton Story um, and you've enjoyed Bridgerton, baby, you missing out. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you want some more Bryce's Corners of the review. This has been another Bryce's Corners of Queen Charlotte, A Bridgerton Story. It's a battle play, play, play. I'm sure to three for every day. Making it feel full A okay. It's a battle play, play. And we are back this week, sooner than expected, with your purple pants play by play. I am joined by the one, the only, the Hatch Iman, aka Joey Hatch. Welcome back to Play by Play, Joey. How are you? What's going on? Good morning, everybody. I'm doing well. Bryce, how are you? I am really good. But listen, we're going to get right down to business because when we were coming back from Boston for Bryson Wynn present, um, there was a trending NBA story that I didn't really understand. And Wendell and Joey seemed to think that things were one way. And me, as somebody that doesn't really know a lot about the NBA, I know a lot about LaMelo Ball. But I don't really know a lot about the insides and out of the NBA. Um, so <laughs> Joey is going to kill me. The Memphis Timberland. <laughs> the Ooh. Memphis Grizzlies. Where did you get Timberland from? I have no idea. My dog. We, this was 30 seconds ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just that quick. The Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. We've talked about them before on the Purple Pants uh, play-by-play. Dermont Green. Who? <laughs> that ain't even a person. What's his name? Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks. You made a, a saying so like you combine Draymond with Durant. <laughs> I don't know. Color. Like what? Dermont Green. That's the color I'm trying to paint my room. Dylan Brooks. Uh was once of the Memphis Grizzlies. Because after this season, the Grizzlies have made it a point to say that Brooks will never be a part of their franchise. Ever! And of course, when I'm in the car with Wendell and Joey, I've got to listen to sports and they want to talk about the sports. And I was just minding my business. However, I just felt like the Memphis Grizzlies was doing a lot. Now, Joey, take it from here. Explain this to the people because you don't have a lot to say, but I just want to open the forum up. Forum opened. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they were just sick of his antics. He's not really a good producer on the court for them. He's not really helping them off the court. Like, I know they have some young players, and John ja Morant is their prize possession. Um, but they said he's not able to come back. One, and everybody's looking at this. I don't know if this was the the end all to be all for this, 
but he was talking a lot of trash to LeBron James. And LeBron James is the, uh, some would say the kingmaker in the NBA. He, he's the one that decides who goes and who stays. And you talk trash to the wrong one, and he's basically making you pay the consequence for it, like telling the organization not to hire him back. So here's my thing. In sports, during playoffs, people don't trash talk each other. Trash talking is at a high clip, no matter what, especially during playoffs, for sure. So Dylan Brooks can't trash talk LeBron James when they're in the playoffs? How are you trash talking if you never proved anything to anybody? I, I regardless of the fact, they're the Dylan Brooks is in a press conference. They're asking about LeBron. You know, he's saying, don't say nothing to me if you can't put 40 up in the game. He's too old. A lot of people trash talk like that. Okay, but then, you know, the next game, LeBron put 40 up over his life. But what I am saying is that, like, now all of a sudden, it's selective over who you can trash talk with. It's not selective who you trash talk. You haven't done anything, and you're just making, you're you're giving it, you're, we, we already, as an organization, are taking uh, negative um, negative press because of what's going on with Ja. We don't need uh, negative press from you opening your mouth, and you guys are getting killed in the long but, run. Like you're you're not he's not. They were in the playoffs. NBA, though, right? NBA players. A lot of people say people are trash. NBA players aren't trash. They're still professional athletes. Like I've seen professional athletes go to a regular league and put up sixty on any given night. Like it, it can happen. So he's not trash. He's just not up to the standard of what a star or a superstar. Now, if it was, let's say if it was like Draymond Green saying that people expect that from Draymond Green, but Dylan Brooks is trying to make a name for himself and that's not the way to go about it. I'm sorry. The clip that I watched, he was doing it like he was in a locker room. The reporters were asking him questions. It wasn't like he was just going around saying a lot of this stuff. I also think it's important to bring it back. Uh, Dylan Brooks last season with the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, he, had some issues. He had fouled somebody and it really kind of sort of became this bad boy persona of Dylan. He's a dirty player. I mean, listen. Where's my bell at? I need a bell. Thank you. Uh, I mean, first of all, and I don't want people in the comments talk about I'm only defending Dylan Brooks because he looks a certain type of way. We that know is- Dylan's your type, Bryce. We know that. However, I just feel like, okay, so he had that situation last season. He, like, you know, filed somebody was really bad. Then it kind of sort of carried over into this season. However, I feel like I've watched enough sports. I've watched enough hockey. Tank just fought a boxer who he was fighting, Anthony Gonzalez. Bro, that is so crazy. Not even close to his name. I <laughs> Is it Garcia? Yeah. Oh, I see. Because I was like, okay. He fought Anthony Garcia. When they're standing next Ryan. to Ryan Garcia. First of all, lower your tone when you're talking to me. He Tank just fought Ryan Garcia. Is it not customary in boxing during like the weigh-in for a big fight? I'm going to eat you alive. Pause. Whoa. I'm going to, you know, what, what are you going to like? I mean, it's trash talking now all of a sudden. It's like you can't trash talk about LeBron James or his feelings get hurt. And now the NBA doesn't want to work with you. I just now, again, I am not defending Ryan Brooks. 
Who? I like LeBron. No. I mean, Dylan Brooks. My God. I am just saying it seems a bit double standardish. No, it doesn't. It does. That's like so, me. That's like me saying to you right now. Like, I let's say I wanted to start a podcast, okay. and I'd be like, "Kurt, your podcast is trash. I'm starting my own, and don't talk to me until you have so many subscribers and so many followers on Instagram, bro." I don't have no followers on Instagram and I don't have no subscribers. So like, why am I even, why am I even like talking, coming your way? Why would I even respond to you? I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep putting up new podcasts every Tuesday. I'm going to keep putting up, you know, you know, like. But you, first of all, you would respond to me if I said something like that to you. I would. I pay it dust. I would continue doing what I'm doing. I'm just saying I mean, I under like I understand what you are saying. However, I feel as though it just seems like if y'all the Grizzlies, if y'all want a fall person for what's going on in your organization, then just say that y'all ain't got to put out no statement about Dylan Brooks talking about he'll never return all of this and that. And everyone that's saying, oh, he's bringing a bad light to the yeah, organization. That was a little bit aggressive. I, I will say like, they didn't have to do it that way. They, they could have just not brought him back. But Right. Because yeah. you know where I'm about to go with this, because I know the Grizzlies are not talking about bringing negative attention to the organization when y'all got Ja Warrant in the club. You love saying his name like that. That's what the hashtag said. Ja Warrant. <laughs> Joe Warrant. You got Joe Warrant in the club, not popping bottles, okay? But flicking blickies on Instagram Live. And that's not his first run-in with having firearms grazing it in front of people and y'all talking about bringing a bad light to the organization? But again, this is what I'm saying. It's a double standard. Since you said, yo, Pip, Ja Warrant, he's the star player. Something's, you gotta let slide. Okay, so it's a double standard is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Just right. It's America. I mean, that's that's what America is. Double standards. There's a privilege in that. And John ja, ja Morant falls under the privilege because he is the one putting all those people in those seats. Not Dylan Brooks. But I understand that. However, I feel like Dylan Brooks might be an aggressive player. You know, he's making, you know, they're asking him about LeBron. He's And if he's taking pride in the Grizzlies about doing what he's doing, how he's feeling. And yeah, you old, get out of here. You know, I like, I can understand it in the context of competitiveness. Like if 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 trash talking was not a thing and not a culture in professional sports, then then I would be outraged. But it is. It's a part of the game, right? Um, and so it's like you can't tell me them people on the court aren't like you. They be in they eat like it, it's just like I. And again, I don't have. I don't have a dog in this fight. Okay. That was, that was good. That okay, because I had to think about it, make sure I say it. I don't have a dog in this fight. Um, I like LeBron. You know, Dylan Brooks called me if you want. Uh, but 
I just hearing this, it just like, it didn't make sense to me. And again, I, I've heard, you know, I went on TikTok. They've got so much about Dylan Brooks past and how he's kind of went down this bad boy, you know, rolled with the Grizzlies. And I get it. It just, for me personally, from the outside looking in, it just seems a bit too much being put on him and not enough talk about what Ja Warrant There's has enough done. talk. There's enough talk. And again, Ja is being uh, accountable and remorseful for his situation. Like, he's apologized several times, offered to, to, to take the steps to, like, work on himself and better himself. Um, but Dylan Brooks, he didn't say, Hey guys, I'm sorry for talking trash. Like I, I shouldn't have did that. I shouldn't have did that at all. He just, he said it and like, and he's doubling down. Yeah. I said it. And what it's trash Who, talk. Yeah. I said it. Who's going to do anything to me? Nobody. No, he's best. That's, that's basically the approach he's taking. Who's going to do anything to me? Nobody bet our NBA is like, or not NBA, his organization. Like, Oh, we're not. Oh, we need to clear it, clear up some cap space. We'll never bring you back. Cool. Go. Good luck in the NBA somewhere else. I again, I understand, but I don't understand. Like, yeah, Ja Warren needs to take the appropriate steps to clear his image with gun charges. I'm sorry, Ja. I get it. However, Dylan Brooks is we're in the playoffs. These reporters are asking me questions. What am I apologizing for? If anything, it's making people, even if we are getting beat in the playoffs, it's making more people want to see us get beat. I just, I get it. I understand. I mean, I'm not crazy. I understand what you're saying. I just feel as though it seems like they're picking what is acceptable and what is not. And if you are not in the favors of the NBA or LeBron, then it seems problematic. And I just think on first glance of that, it's okay. But when you really kind of get into it, for me, it's a little bit problematic that like they can control and pick who they want and who they don't want. Like, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, I think there, you're not the only person that feels like this. Um, but unfortunately it's the way of the world and it's just the way how things are, especially in big business, people can do what they want when they want to do it. And the people working for the organizations can't do anything about it. Bottom line. So, I mean, I understand it. I just thought this was just a good little topic to uh, bring to the Purple Pants Posse for play-by-play because it really was um, a heated discussion on the ride back or the ride to Boston because, again, taking the names out of everything and just the situations that are in this, for me, makes for a good debate. So I just wanted to bring it, have Joey come on and talk about it. And uh, I wanted to just say my side. So we just want to do a quick little Purple Pants play-by-play. Before we go, Joey, what you got cooking in the books? You know, you got all these gigs cooking. You at this wedding, you at that wedding, you behind the DJ stand at Bryson Wimps in Philadelphia. Like, what's going on with you? And where can the people follow you if, you know, you decide to one day start a podcast and you want to trash talk my podcast? That's exactly what I plan on doing. Uh, I just, you know, multiple gigs on gigs, either locally or in different states. Um, hopefully 
fingers crossed that I'm getting on a tour soon. So, you know, that's got that in the works. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at joey.hatch and on Twitter, I am the at the Joey Hatch. Um, be great to hear from you. Great to get some more followers, please. Purple Pants Posse, you know, I'm trying to get my get my weight up in the game. Hook me up, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and Bryce, I miraculously got a text message this morning. Did you happen to give my phone number to somebody? Oh, <laughs> I told you it was coming. You kept playing. And I'm assuming that Joey got his very first Barb's personal morning message. Welcome to the club, Joey. Okay. Uh, this might be your first, but I can, guarantee, I can guarantee. Okay. If Mama Carolyn got to thinking, oh, Miss Barb is sending a message. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> this has been this week's uh purple pants play by play quick jump in topic all right and uh go sixers who's the freak who's the freak who's the freak of the week who's that who's that who's that freaky freaky freak Freak of the week Might be me Might be you Might be And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week. And it is that time of the year. Prom season is here. Graduation is here. Y'all know I love to be instanets scrolling through, looking at prom dresses, the suits, the send-offs. I remember back in my day, I didn't had the whole block come out. I called all my family. Okay, we had the limousine. We had a DJ. I had a little entrance. So I love watching prom season. I love seeing all of of the beautiful posse members, your children, your grandchildren going off on prom, graduating. It is really a special time graduating high school, graduating pre-K, graduating eighth grade, graduating college, graduating law school. It is really just such a spectacular time and everyone should be proud of themselves for accomplishing such goals even if you're not graduating if you know somebody that's graduating if you, your child is graduating you help support them and that is truly important so this week's freak of the week is going to the class of 2023 it has not been an easy journey you have had to deal with so much going through a pandemic okay just living life in this day and age with just so much destruction going around it truly is an accomplishment and you should be proud of yourself here at the purple pants podcast i truly just want to wish a congratulations to everyone that has graduated you deserve it i want to give a special shout out to my baby boy eli he has been a huge supporter of mine a member of the purple pants posse when we were in pittsburgh he drove down and took over our bryce and win present Instagram page and I just truly appreciate him. He recently graduated from West Virginia University College of Law. Baby boy is on his way to being a lawyer. I told him, listen, when you pass the bar, okay, you're going to be my, my, my personal lawyer. So I just want to give a huge shout out to Eli. Thank you so much for your love and support and congratulations. I know you are on to amazing things. If you have not, make sure you head over to Eli's Instagram page. It is L-E-G underscore G-E 
TT, okay? Baby boy looking like a snack in his robe, okay? But truly, I just want to wish a congratulations to all of the class of 2023. You earned it. You deserved it. Keep your head up high. The future is yours. There is no limit. The sky ain't the limit. Whatever you believe, you if you believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can make it happen. Congratulations. If the class of 2023 is this week's Freak of the Week, that means we are coming to a close of another amazing episode. Thank you so much for always listening, supporting your baby boy. I truly appreciate it. If you have not already, please ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts, the Purple Pants Podcast awaits for you to subscribe, write a review, and give your baby boy some five stars. And don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend that is Charlotte. Because it's a, it's a, it's a. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants.